The following podcast is brought to you by Pathways Church. Thanks for joining us for this message from our weekend service. We exist to lead people into a growing relationship with Christ. If you have any questions or even a story to share about how God is moving in your life, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at info at pathwayschurch.us. Thanks for listening, and we pray that God's Word will enrich your journey today. Well, it's uh, great to see all of you today. I'm so excited just to deliver God's message that he's laid on my heart. And I thought you would be excited today because I'm wearing the the Milwaukee Bucks uh, t-shirt. See, are you excited about that? Thank you, Tanner. See, look, uh, here's the deal. Um, I'm all about the Bucks Nation because God broke a barrier down in my heart. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but I was raised loving the Boston Celtics, but Jesus touched my heart, and now I'm a part of the Bucks Nation. And so, yeah, so I fear the deer with you. I fear the deer Um, because I know that I will never wear a Packers jersey, all right? So, (laughs) right? And I'm a Cubs fan. I can't give up my Cubbies. So me, me and Scott Gagney, we're Cubs fans. We got a couple other. So listen, I'm sorry, but I'm all about the deer, baby. So I figured, uh, and if you don't like me wearing t-shirts, you don't think that's religious enough, you can leave our church. I don't care. <laughs> Watch you do it. All right. So I figured, uh, I figured you'd be excited about that. I'm excited about it. Um, and... Uh, Uh, I'm excited about an announcement. I need to announce to you a very important announcement. We're making a change. We're making a change uh, June 5th. Everybody say June 5th. Take out, your, uh, take out your device, take out your cell phone. You need to put it in your calendar because you're going to forget this. So put this in your calendar, June 5th. By the way, if you don't have our mobile app, I don't know what you're doing. You need to download it. You got Chase Bank, U.S. Nation Bank. You got all your socials. Get your church on your phone, okay? Uh, make sure because under this weekend, we want to provide all the scripture verses for you, all the content so you can grow in a relationship with Jesus. It's his word, his spirit, and your obedience that makes the difference. Amen? His word, his spirit, and your obedience is what transforms your heart. I guarantee it. All right, so uh, June 5th, big announcement. June 5th, we are shifting service times. We are moving from 9 and 1045 a.m. to 830 and 10 a.m. 830 and 10 a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to shift 830 and 10 a.m. Now, here's why, because uh, we just believe as a leadership team, we're a part of a growing church, and we believe that the optimal hour for people who are unchurched or your friends and family who haven't quite discovered a relationship with Jesus, maybe they're locked up in ritual or just religion, but they really don't know the Jesus that we come and we serve and, and we sing about and shout about and we feel deep in our heart, like in our DNA, like we believe that 10 a.m. is the optimal hour for that, and so uh, it's one of the reasons we're, we're making the change. And it's also going to help us on our, our kids uh, area, in our Pathways Kids, um, because uh, I don't know if you know this, but we, this is a problem spot for us these days. Uh, on Easter, we had to thir- uh, turn 32 kids away at our 11 a.m. service. Uh, we just don't have enough volunteers. And so one of the strategies that we want to deploy with the service uh, shift is simply this. We're going to kind of shorten the, the, the times in between services. And we really want to begin to embrace a cultural shift here at Pathways. And the shift is this. 
Uh, I'm going to be asking, we're going to be believing, we're going to be praying that, that you, will, you will attend one and serve one, or you will serve one and attend one, okay? So you can, you can attend the 8.30, serve at the 10, or you can serve at the 8.30 and come to the 10, in particular when it comes to Pathways Kids. I uh, had a conversation with a father, a part of Pathways. His name is Ian. I saw him today. He came up and he just said, thank you so much for calling me back and having the conversation. And I said, yeah, of course. And he had called and he left a voicemail and we got talking and he said, you know, um, about uh, a year ago when we were all in this pandemic, my, my child was having some major separ separation anxiety, right, parents? To go back into Pathways Kids, they were like, they were all at home, they, you know, it was a whole family together, and so when we came to church, we came back, they did not want to go back to Pathways Kids. I know some of you parents have, have wrestled with this, and your kids are here today, and, and maybe they're in the room, and that's okay. And eventually, though, he said, after about a year, on Easter, he came, and he absolutely loved Pathways Kids. He met some friends. He was like, this was so important to me. Well, last week, he came back, and they were hyping him up on Saturday night. They're like, you're going to go back, buddy. Are you ready? And he's like, yeah, I want to go. And it was our big glow party. And he came back. They were 15 minutes early. And uh, he couldn't check in because uh, his classroom was closed because we have ratios. We want to protect your kids. We'll have like a whole army of like 52 of them and one worker back there, right? Um, if you're that one worker, you know that's like, that's like hell, right? That's a touch of hell. Anyways, sorry. Um, Probably shouldn't have said that. Uh, I went off script. Anyways, um, so yeah, uh, um, so we need people so we can get a touch of heaven back there with our kids. That's what it comes down to. We need people who are volunteering and serving. And I said, you know, Ian, I said, why don't you uh, put an email together for me? Because um, they expect me to say this, but uh, I want them to hear from you. And he said, all right. He said, um, I just want you to know, Pastor Adam, my kids and my family are of highest value to me. They take priority. And while I love Pathways and I'm so a part of what Jesus is doing here, I, I have to have a place where my kids can attend and meet friends and grow in their relationship with Jesus. How many Ians are out here? And, and not only that, how many Ians are in our community that don't even know Jesus yet? And we can't provide the environments and the opportunities for their kids to find and follow Jesus. Friends, this is a very important problem that we can solve together. Okay? Amen? All right. I'm the one. Somebody say, I'm the one. You're the one. You could help us with our kids. God could break down some barriers in your heart, and uh, you could be the one that could help, and uh, you could be the one that continues to see God's move here at Pathways in and through the Fox Valley. I'm the one. Specifically, Acts chapter 10, this is what Peter says. He went down and he said to the men, I'm the one. I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? Isn't it so interesting that you can have confidence and uncertainty at the same time? I'm the one. Why have you come? And who are you looking for? Th this is Peter. Now, the, the, the one in Scripture is a powerful thing. The, the power of one is found all throughout. It's littered through all through the pages of Scripture. 
Uh, Jesus said this in Luke 15. He went and he left the 99 to go find the one, right? David said this, he said, the one thing I ask, not the 10 things I have on my prayer list, but the one thing I ask, that I might seek you and dwell in your presence all the days of my life, that I might gaze upon your beauty in the temple. David didn't miss church. He was a regular. He came and he worshiped God when he had good days, and he came and he worshiped God when he had bad days. He came and he worshiped God when he had the joy, and he came and he worshiped God when he didn't have the joy. Any regulars? I appreciate the regulars. And when David did skip or miss the temple, he was watching posts on YouTube. He was catching the messages and the podcast, and he was devouring it, and he was serving, and he was giving, because he was core to the movement of God in the Old Testament. You know, sometimes I can experience the power of the one when I'm preaching. There are moments when I'm preaching that I can just sense, it's like deep in my heart, I can sense I'm speaking just to one person it's just like one person, it's like somebody needed that. And I just, I don't know, it's not, not like a Jedi mind trick, but it's just like, we just kind of lock in a little bit. And I'm like, I think you needed that. That's the power of the one, right? It's the one. Well, you know that Jesus had 12 disciples, the apostles that we call them. And as we get to the book of Acts, he's down to 11 because, well, Judas kind of, he exited, Okay. He got transferred, he uh, had some problems, he betrayed Jesus, and so uh, he's dead now. So now we have 11. But out of all the 11 disciples, Peter was that one. Somebody say, I'm the one. Peter was that one. He was the one in the Gospels who made the first confession of Jesus Christ. He said, Jesus, you are the Son of God, the, the living Christ, you, Jesus, he was also the one who seven verses later, Jesus said to him, get behind me, Satan. He was also that one because Peter said to Jesus, it'd be bad for your clout if you go to the cross. Thankfully, when we meet Peter in Acts chapter 10, we catch him in a moment where he was obedient. See, Peter was either wildly obstinate or he was obedient. Have you learned the value of obedience? Have you learned the value of obedience? Obedience is, is trusting God even when it doesn't make sense to you. I think this is interesting and applies to us, all of us, when we start giving to God financially. We don't understand how God is gonna provide for us, but we know it's in his word and he calls us to do this as a follower of Jesus. And I'm not talking about like, hey, I'm just kind of tipping God, I'm throwing stuff. I'm talking about when we begin to prioritize the presence of God in our lives in the area of our resources, and we begin to tithe. And we think to ourselves, oh my word, this is gonna be so difficult. Inflation, gas is $4 a gallon. Like, how am I gonna do this? How am I gonna work toward this goal? Listen, in 22 years of ministry, I've never met one person who said to me, this is the perfect time to start giving to God. Nobody ever said like, oh my word, I just got a raise. I'm just gonna start, I'm gonna start now. Why? Because it's always an issue of the heart. It's always a pull of do I trust God and am I gonna be obedient and watch him provide or am I gonna shrink back and try to control and live under my power and my resources? 
Now, thankfully, Acts chapter 10 isn't about your bank account. It's about barriers. It's about barriers. So Peter went down and he said, he said to uh, the men, he said, um, I, I'm the one. Why have you come? Why have you come? So who are the men? Who are the men? And why did they come go find Peter? If we want to explore and discover the answers to those questions, we have to go back to Acts chapter 10, verse 1, to the beginning of the chapter. Let's look at it together. At Caesarea, now, this isn't where Peter is at the time. Peter is actually in Joppa. Everybody say Joppa. I love that, Joppa. Actually, when we took a team, I think it was back in 2017, Mary, you remember this? We were at Joppa. We went to Joppa. He was in Joppa. Peter was in Joppa, and he had just raised a dead person. Man, you thought you had a good week. He just raised a dead person. He's in Joppa, and he's praying. But here's what's amazing. Somebody else is praying in Caesarea. And what God is doing, God is about to align opportunity and obedience. God always aligns opportunity with obedience. When we take God at his word and we trust him, he begins to align the circumstances, the situations, the people in our lives. Write this down or, or, or take a picture of this next slide because you're going to forget it before tip off. Here's what it is. Obedience is letting God set the direction even if he doesn't give you the details. Can I preach like we're hanging out? Can I just talk to you like, like you were, we're, just, we're just hanging out together? Listen, God will set you in a path on a direction. He might switch you into a different lane. He might say, stay in this lane. I'm going to point you in this direction. He might reroute your life, and usually he doesn't give you the details. Why? Because we can't handle the details. If we had the details, we would abort the direction. I, I, they're not listening. We would, we would abort the direction. We would just say, you know what? I'm not even sure I'm about that. I'm not even sure I want to be obedient in this moment. But obedience is saying, God, you remember, you remember the first person who ever bought a TomTom? Remember that navigational thing in your car, right? I think my father-in-law had one one time, and I was like, what is this? And he's like, oh, this is new technology. This is awesome. And it had all the details at the bottom, and I was still hanging out with Laura. She was getting me lost with atlases. I'm like, Laura, babe. And no, I'm just joking. That was from last week. Anyways, um, <laughs> I love her. Anyways, um, remember the TomTom? It gave you the details, but, but obedience is about saying, God, you put me and you set me on the direction and I will obey you. Last week, I was talking to uh, one of our um, friends from Pathway Strong from Raleigh, North Carolina. Raleigh, North Carolina. I was talking to, uh, to my friend, to my boy, actually, Sean. I know Sean. Sean is, uh, we were sharing prayer requests and we were talking together. And I asked him this question. I said, Sean, I said, do you, do you feel like God wants you in North Carolina? Sean watches, uh, he's a regular. He watches you part of our online community. Sean and, 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 and his family, all five of them, they gather around. And, and Sean was saying, you know, he said, I know I'm in the right place, but I'm not sure 
what my purpose is, that God has placed me here in Raleigh. Have you ever been in a place where you know I'm in the right place, I'm just not sure about my purpose? I'm not sure why. And then he said this, was so, it was such a God thing. He was just like, God was in our phone conversation. He said, but here's what I know, Adam. This purpose might not even be about me. It might be about my kids. I'm not sure why I'm here, but here's what I do know. When I pray on it, Adam, here's what I know. I know I passed the test of obedience, that I listened to God and I moved from Florida and I got to North Carolina and I'm not sure of my purpose, but I am trusting God. That's the perfect example of how obedience is letting God set the direction, even if he doesn't give you the details. So, in Caesarea, there was a, um, can we go back? Can we bring up that verse, scripture? Let's go back. In Caesarea, oh, there it is. There was a man named Cornelius. He was a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. So a centurion was a leader of about 100 soldiers, 100 soldiers. And Cornelius is devout. He is attracted to the Jewish practices of, of, of God. And yet he's a Gentile. He's not a Jew genetically, but he's devout. He's in Caesarea and Caesarea, by the way, was so hated by the Jews because it was a symbol of Roman domination. And in Caesarea, there was a lot of racism going on back then. A lot of racism going on today. But just like God in Acts chapter 10 was breaking down barriers, I believe that God is breaking down barriers today. Come on, God, if you need a church that is willing to break down some barriers, if you need a church that is so consecrated unto you and to the gospel, God, if you need a church that can't be described by the color of our skin or by the class in which we live, listen, you can look up and down the row and you'll probably see somebody that doesn't look like you. And you know what? I'm glad about that. I'm, I'm glad that I'm a part of a church that we have people, we have millennials wearing beanie caps with big beards, and we got people wearing suits and ties. I'm thrilled that we got black people. Listen, Pathways isn't a black church. It's not a white church. It's not a brown church. It's not a rich church or a poor church or a young church. It's the church of Jesus Christ. We are the living expression of God's love and grace here on the earth. We are the salt. We are the light. We are the chosen ones to lift up Jesus Christ because when we lift him up, the world will look at us and according to scripture, all people will be drawn unto the presence of Jesus. This is a Jesus church. Man, I feel like it's Easter and it's two weeks post. Dear Lord, Brady, I'm so glad you came back from Easter. I think it's Brady. Is it Brady? What is it? Brandon. I keep messing up his name. Sorry, Brandon. Every Sunday should be an Easter Sunday. I don't know why we reserve it for once a year. You know, I should preach. I'm going to preach on the resurrection more. I'm going to preach on the resurrection like four times next year. Watch. Seriously. It's like we, we, we dumb things. Like we only, oh, we can only talk about the resurrection on Easter. Easter is, it's all year round. 
I was talking to my friend yesterday and he said, you know what I'm learning? I'm learning that it's about perspective more than it is about the actual problem. Because we can't, you and I can't control what, what hits us in life. We can only control how we respond to it under the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen? I mean, that, that's just how that works. All right. So uh, he's in, um, he's a part of the Italian regiment. He's a leader. Let, let's advance. Let's, let's go on. Uh, give, me the, give me this slide. Yep. Um, I promise we're going to get past verse one. Here we go. Verse two. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing, I told you that. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. We got another regular right there. And one day, about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius, and Cornelius, he stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. What is it? And the angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now, now before I tell you, if you're at a point in your life when you don't, you remember how I said that God will give you the direction but not the details? If you don't have any of the details on how to be a good spouse or what to do next in your career or how to raise your kids, you don't know any of that. This is so refreshing, this next verse. Listen, this will give you hope. This is what God said to Cornelius. Now send men to Joppa, to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. First of all, let's just pause. Wouldn't you like to have some oceanfront property? Hallelujah. All right. I got caught up on that earlier this week. May 1st. I'm still waiting to play some golf. Anyways. All right. Don't even get me started how confusing these two verses are. This is what God says to Cornelius. I want you to go find Simon, who is called Peter. All right, so he's at Simon's house, and Cornelius is like, what? Where in Joppa? Hold with me. Just hang with me, Cornelius, because he once was called Simon, but then this thing happened, and Jesus said to him, now you're going to be called Peter, and when I start my church, you're going to preach the first gospel message, and in Acts chapter 2, then 3,000 people are going to get saved, and I know he's at Simon, the tanner's house, and this Jew wouldn't be at a tanner's house because a tanner would be touching dead things, but I'm doing a new thing, so go find Simon, who's now called Peter, at Simon. Simon's house, and I'm going to tell you what to do next. You got it? And Cornelius is like, yep. You know, your prayer life would be better if you just said, yep. You're forgiven. Yep. You're loved. Yep. I think I want you to go here. Yep. But you know what we do? We're always arm wrestling God, aren't we? Always. If it's not arm wrestling, we're, we're thumb warring them. Come on, let's play, let's play thumbs. It's like, come on. Yep. See, here's what Cornelius did not know, though. He didn't know why. He didn't know why. The only way Cornelius discovered why was to respond by saying yes. Sometimes God doesn't, here's my point, sometimes God doesn't show you the reason until you respond. Ooh, don't make, don't make me preach. <laughs> You're not, listen, 
There are so many people who are always looking for reasons and God just wants to have you respond because when you respond, he might give you the reason, but he might give you something better than a reason. Because about noon of the following day, watch what's happening. As they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. Peter was gaining some altitude to connect with God. Do you have a place where you connect with God? You have a place where you wanna check God out? Listen to what it says in verse 10. He became hungry and he wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. I'm not sure what that was. He's hungry, he's depleted, his blood sugar's all jacked up. He's in a trance. And this is what he saw. He saw heaven open up and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. And it contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. And then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Now, Peter's a good Jew. There, he has never had pork chops. He can't do this. But what Peter doesn't know, this isn't about bacon, this is about barriers. And, and so here's what Peter says. He says, surely not, Lord. <laughs> surely not, Lord. How are you gonna call him Lord and say no? No, no, Lord, to your will and to your way. That's the Peter remix right there. Come on. You can't, call, you can't call him Lord and say no in any area of your life. Because he's not Lord if he's not Lord over all. And I know that's hard for me in my own life. I'm just like you. I put my pants on one leg at a time. So I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. <laughs> and Peter was looking for a reason, but God wanted to give him a revelation on the rooftop. And then all the way back to where we started, Peter came down and he said, I'm the one. Why have you come? And the men entered the room and they said, because the boss man, Cornelius, told us to come and to find you. Are you Peter? Is this Simon the Tanner's house? He said, yup. His obedience led him back to Caesarea. He walks into his house, which is a Jew would have, at this time, you gotta remember, at this point, at this point, the gospel has only gone to the Jewish nation. Outsiders were not welcome. Now, now listen, pause. This was not God's original plan. Fact check me. Go back to, to Genesis chapter 12. God says to Abraham, listen, I'm gonna bless you and I'm gonna make your name famous. You're gonna bless those who bless you. You're gonna curse those who curse you. And you will be a blessing to all people on the earth. That was God's original design and intent for Abraham. Throughout the entire Old Testament, the nation of Israel was to be lifted up as a light source to Yahweh, the one true God. 
But they kept rebelling and they kept getting it wrong and, and God sent prophet after prophet and eventually God had to send his one and only son so that we could experience amazing grace and so that God himself could send his son to break down every barrier that divides people from each other and from God. And when he, Peter, went back to Caesarea, back to Cornelius' house, Scripture says his entire family got saved. His entire family accepted Christ. Entire family. Holy Spirit just fell on that family, transformed that family. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the hundred soldiers under his leadership, how they were impacted because of Cornelius' transformation? Have you ever thought about that? Maybe the move of God isn't just for you. Maybe it's for the people that you lead and that you love and that you care for. Maybe it's for more than you can see. Because here's what I know. Here's what Peter realized on that day. He said this, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You, you remember at the top of the service when Angeli prayed? If we wouldn't have put the subtitles up there, then we would have known as an English-speaking community how would it have felt for Cornelius to step and be on the outside. But when, but when Peter came into the house and shared the gospel, and the light bulb started popping, and all of the acts and good works at court, now it made sense because Jesus clarified everything. That's why as a church, we're a part of a barrier-breaking church. That's why Friday night, Friday night, we had night to remember with lots of kings and queens, our special, special friends community here in the Fox Valley, where Tara and Scott Gagne and a team of us, they were just loving them and caring for them. Why? Because God wants to break that barrier down. That's why we support, we not only give, but we go to the Fox Valley Jail Ministry because we don't believe that any inmate is beyond repair and beyond the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. There is nothing on your record that can stop God from loving you. That's why we support Vita. You know what I'm talking about. That's why we support Vita. When, when, when people are in crisis and they're about to have a baby and they don't know what to do, we know what to do. We share the love. We show the love. We show up as a church. That's why we go to Honduras with Jericho Ministries. That's why we put a well in, in Zimbabwe for clean water. That's why we gave to Ukraine because we don't want people dying under war and oppression and tyranny. That's why we're the church. We just don't talk about it. We go do it. We go solve something. That's why you pray for and you fast for and you talk to friends and family who don't know Jesus. Because I don't know if you remember what it was like before you came and you met the amazing grace of God. I don't know what it was like before you stepped into a church like Pathways. You were like, oh my word. I didn't know church could be like this. This is why we... This is why we invite, this is why we pray, this is why we believe. 
This is why sometimes it's uncomfortable to step outside of ourselves, but when we step outside of ourselves, we know we are stepping into the glory and the greatness of God through us because he calls us to be a blessing. Everything that you have, God has positioned in your life so that you can bless as many people as you can before you leave this earth. And until you get that point and start living for God and outside of your selfish creature comforts, you'll never experience the power in the presence of God. You'll always play it safe. You'll never, you'll never, you'll never come to the day where, man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing some great things for God. You never feel that. And you know why? You know why we can do this? Because of the amazing grace of God, his amazing grace. Would you bow your heads all across this room? Can I ask you a question? What's your barrier today? What's your barrier? What's stopping you? What's stopping you? What group of people do you think God can't reach? That's your barrier, name it. Repent of it, confess it. Who's that one person that, that has so wounded you and betrayed you and think, man, I don't know. Who's your barrier, what's your barrier? Maybe your barrier is you. Maybe you're in the way of you. Maybe it's your past. I don't know what it is. Heavenly Father, I know you're speaking. I pray in the name of Jesus. God, that you would bust and you would break down every barrier in the presence and the glory of who you are. Do it, Holy Spirit. Do it now. Do it now. Now, for some of you, you're here today and you're like, you know what, Adam? I got the barrier of sin. I've been hitting that so many times and you know what, I just, I need Jesus. I need Jesus in my life. I need to be forgiven, I need to feel freedom. I need to come into his presence and know his love and his grace. I need that revelation of grace. Grace is so amazing because he loves you past your past. He loves you into your future. It's so unreasonable and yet it's so revolutionary. It'll change you, trust me, it changed me, it changed me. God's amazing grace. If you're watching online today, God's amazing grace. By the way, if you're online today, I just wanna tell you I'm honored that I have the privilege, we have the privilege of pastoring and loving you. You can always reach out to me. I wanna to talk to you. Some of you are submitting prayer requests from all across the country. We pray for those needs. In fact, we had an online person who drove up from Illinois. She got baptized with her nephew on Easter Sunday. She told me, Adam, last night she texted me. She said, God did a miracle in my life. I felt like God was calling me to be obedient, to get out of a toxic situation in my work life, and God provided an even better job for me. As I was looking over my message, I was like, praise the Lord. You can bust down barriers, God. You can bust down barriers. If you're online, you come and visit us here at Appleton. Come in July. We only got about 18 days of the year that are glorious. But you can come, go to the Dells and come worship with us on Sunday. But if you're here today and you're in a dark day and a cold day and a day filled with shame and guilt I want you to know that Jesus loves you. He died for you. If you need to accept him and repent of your sin, you're online. Would you reach out to our chat moderator? Would you put it 
in the comments, would you tell somebody? Would you say, I'm giving my life to Jesus? If you're in the room today and you want to make that decision, would you just raise your hand so we can pray together for you out loud? Who in the room wants to accept Christ today? Yep, I see you right there. Amen. Who else? Anybody else? Yep, I see you. Way over to the right. You put your hand down. That's awesome. Praise the Lord. I might have missed your hand. I know I sure didn't see you online, but we love you. More importantly, God is there for you. Let's pray together out loud. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Your grace is amazing. Forgive me of my sin. I repent. And now I ask you into my life that I might follow you. Place your Holy Spirit inside of me. I'm your child. I'm your kid. I belong to you. If you're for me, who can be against me? I pray this in Jesus' name, the strong son of God. And everybody who agreed with this prayer, shout it. Amen, amen. amen.